3: I'm Sheila Shoiga and welcome to Ready To Be Real Conversations, the podcast series right chat to people of all walks of life. Some names you'll recognise, others you might not, but my hope is that these conversations will at times inspire, challenge, educate, comfort or simply entertain you. Finding the right health insurance package is important, but with a wide range of plans available on the Irish market, it can be a daunting task when you don't know where to start. That's why I've teamed up with HCC, supported by Irish Life Health. Year on year, people auto-renew their health insurance policies without realising that there may be significant savings to be made. And this is where HCC comes in. HCC.ie compares multiple insurers to help you choose a health insurance plan that's right for you and your pocket. And to get a free health insurance review, simply go to hcc.ie. This week, I spoke to singer, musician and poet, the one and only Imelda May.
4: It wasn't presented to me, with this is yours. This is your language. This is your heritage. Yeah. To know yourself, to know the language is to know yourself. If I would prefer if it was presented in that way, this is your language. This is from your ancestors. This is from your people. You know, this is all the way through thousands
3: of years, hundreds of years, thousands this is yours. Imelda lives in London with her eight-year-old daughter Violet and is now dating fellow musician Niall McNamee. In this conversation we talk feminism and paganism, she talks about her parents and her upbringing, we reminisce about Jerry Ryan, her involvement in this year's Shafton the Gaeilge Festival and we find out what her dream day is. I hope you enjoy it. I was driving in to the studio and I got a lovely flashback. Do you remember a gig you did in the Odessa? It was 2010. It was this time. It was this time of the year as well. And it was 2010. And you did a, a kind of a small, kind of a, a private gig oh, in the Odessa. That's right. Yeah. And Jerry and Ryan Ger- was there. Jerry
4: Ryan. Yeah. That's right. I sang Big Bad Handsome Man to him, didn't I? You did.
3: You did. And he <laughs> obviously loved it. <laughs> and I remember how you spoke about him.
4: He was such a such a great man. What a, what a lovely soul. You yeah. know, he was such a, and um, vibrant and funny, funny man and clever and witty. Just so lovely. And I, I really enjoyed him, his company and his uh, wit.
3: I think you said on the night as well that he was one of the first DJs to play you on the radio.
4: He was. He yeah. was one of the first. And I li- I used to listen to him all the time. And I told him, I had, um, when I was in, uh, I had a little cleaning job uh, twice a week in this um, storeroom. So I think I was, I might have been in art college at the time or I was gigging at night and doing the, but it, it co- every Tuesday and Thursday, and I used to have him on and listen to him as I was doing that every time. And I always looked forward to it. He got me through it, you know, and then to be singing and chatting with him and all. I remember telling him, you, you, you know, your voice and your, laughter gets people through yeah um days you know gets th- gets them through stuff that must
3: mm-hmm. have been a real pinch me moment for you so when he starts to to play you after being a fan of oh, his
4: absolutely yeah. yeah so i was very happy to sing big big, bad handsome yeah. <laughs> he was lapping it up and everybody was having a good hell cheer and a laugh and that a was dance great. it was one of those gorgeous nights
3: it was and there was
4: only a few people there it was just such a
3: it was a good night it was I remember your, you brought your sister up and you sang, I think was I right in thinking you sang summertime, oh yes, it was brilliant, God,
4: you have a great memory,
3: yeah, I loved i well, do you know what? I remember that night very well because uh, unfortunately as well, a month later, mm. it, Jerry had passed, and That's i remember right. I remember that night just being so much fun, and uh, I was there with my sister, and we just had a great laugh, and I think because as he said, it was a small crowd of people. Um yeah. it was so intimate and you are so good at connecting with people. So you were doing your thing and singing as beautifully as you always do, but you were also having a laugh and it felt like we were at a just a party, just a bit well, of an old well, sing that's song. What it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: And there was no I remember there was no stage, so No stage, yeah. That immediately makes it nicer. You know, you're kind of in the corner and then I was jumping out, we were dancing, you know, I didn't need to stay behind the mic or the gear and my sister got up and sang and Yeah, it was great. I remember when I was asked to do it, I didn't know quite know what they wanted. It's just a party. And I thought, right, you're on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can deliver.
3: <laughs> so look, yesterday was International Women's Day. Um, but I'm loving the fact that we're speaking today because you are, I mean, the epitome of what a strong, free spirited woman <laughs> is. So I'd love to talk to you about um, what, what does it mean to be a woman at the moment right now in 2021? What does that mean to you?
4: If I only know life as a woman, you know that's 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 uh, that's all I've got, and yeah. I'm happy with that. I'm I'm happy in my own skin, and I think it takes it, it takes sometimes a, a while to get there, which it did for me, and I think it's giving yourself a bit of time. But ra- raising a daughter, and as a as a single mother raising a daughter, it's it's something that's very important to me that. Yes, we have come a long way in many ways. And in other ways, we haven't come far at all. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, um, I'm trying to teach her. I want to hand her over a better world for sure. And I want to hand over to her an easier time. So you don't have to um, doubly prove yourself. Because I do find that a lot as a woman. Um, You have to be extra good. In order to prove you're good. So for me, even as a songwriter, it's presumed I don't really write my songs. Or it was for a long time. Uh, I really? or if I was producing, I couldn't really be a producer simply because I was female. So you have to, and and maybe that was good for me in a in a weird way. I had to really prove myself and work doubly hard, uh, uh, extra hard than the than the guys would have done, to just be taken at my word for for yes, this is actually what I do. And I don't want that for my daughter. I want her to be able to just concentrate on doing her thing without having to worry about any of that, you know. But I used to get it a lot. I remember turning up at my own gigs with my band that I was paying. And I didn't get, I was it was costing me um, hundreds of pounds every gig at the beginning because I paid everybody. And the venues didn't pay me enough. So I was working double shifts in a nursing home. I was working in restaurants do i was singing in the corners with pianos doing jazz nights five hour nights i do um after after working during the day i was determined but i had to make enough money not just to pay my bills but then to pay my band if i wanted this to work because i always paid them and then we would turn up and they go to pay me the the small amount of cash that they had or if you got paid at the door you know that kind of thing and no one yeah. turns up um they almost always went to one of the guys and said, right, who do we pay? And they said, they would say, well, her, her name's on the door. And they go, yeah, but who really? That, oh, God, who, right. who really is one of this? They go, she's one of it. Um, Or, you know, you get told, oh, that was a lovely, you're doing a little gig at the weekend. And I remember my guitarist saying, I'm doing this, she's doing the same size gig as me. <laughs> yeah. So they were always great with with standing enough people, but it just was so boring for me to do that and i i and, and like i said I, I I still get it to an extent um certainly when it comes to writing and to production. I hardly ever get any questions about production in fact, I think I've only been asked about that twice in my whole life, so I think there's a lot yeah. to there's a long way to go we it's it's definitely much better but um, there's a massively long way to come. And it's uh, there's also a lot of it's all to do with education, always to do with education. How how women see themselves as well, because there's, there's, it's 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 having to find within feminism, you have to really study it and look at it and learn from it. Don't just look at for any young girls. Don't just look at uh, somebody saying, well, I'll do what I want to do, which is lovely. Have a read of it, find some good books and really dig deep and find out a little bit more about it because it's worth doing, I think, you Mm. know. Um, And I think if there's any book that I would recommend, that's a very tiny, short book by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. Mm. Um, She, her name is Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. She has this little tiny book and it's a letter that she was asked to write by a friend of hers. Who was having a girl a baby and she said could you write a letter for when she's older yeah. and um i can read it to her and then everybody said well you have to you have to release this and it's just so beautiful and it's a tiny tiny little book it's called um dear ijeweli now i hope i'm saying that right um a feminist manifesto in 15 suggestions it's a tiny little book and it's really really beautiful um, and I gave it to a friend of mine, a guy who was having a daughter, mm. and he loved it. He was going, uh, he was. I was saying you might find a few things handy in here, and um, for when she's older, and he absolutely loved it. You know, um, like it's 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 just it's just saying it's it's wonderful. Anyway, I'm
3: definitely so going to get my I hands on. Thank you. I think there's a
4: lot that we we've, we've still a way to go, but we've definitely in a better place. But for instance you're going to have to edit the hell out of this because you've got me on a roll <laughs> now. You only asked me one question. For instance, um, as we know, only recently we've discovered how little female music has been played on the radio. In, in, in a few places, it was 0%. And I think in most of Ireland, for sure, it was at the most 20%.
3: Okay, wow. That, that's incredibly low. And the rest...
4: And then if you look it around in your own collection of your books and your music, just look around at your books and you'll see that it's mostly all men. Now, I love reading um, a wonderful author, poet, Listen, great musicians, male or female. Mm. And uh, I wouldn't be without my, my Oscar Wilde, my James Joyce, my WBH, and all these beautiful classics. But I said to somebody only a little while ago, When you go into a room, you don't want to just hear half of the room speak to you. You don't want the women to sit there quietly and just listen to the men. Mm. Because that's it it doesn't give you a clear picture of everybody in that room. You want to hear everybody, but that's the way it should be within literature and within art and within music. We're only hearing half of the picture, half of the story. And if you ask anybody who is a major influence in your life, it's almost always somebody's mother or their granny a strong woman mm. and we've not heard from them in writing because a lot of the times the women didn't have the opportunities to do that they weren't encouraged to do that and they certainly didn't have the time to do that when they were raising the amount of kids they were raising it's all it started delving into paganism a little while ago um because it's part of our history um and it was it was um it was not encouraged at all to look into that, but we were pagans for thousands of years before we are Christians. And it makes, it, it's quite a beautiful, um, it's lovely to know where you came from and it, it's, it's all very much tied in with nature. It would, it kind of reminds me of um, the um, indigenous tribes in America and, you know, all the thanks that they would give yeah. to, to, to the heavens and to the earth and the respect that they would have for the planet and for the earth that they lived on. It reminds me of that a lot. It's very, there's a lot of beauty in our ancient ways and rituals and um, civilizations. And they were highly skilled people. They were highly skilled people that lived at that time. All you have to do is look at Newgrange as one example of how skilled they were. That, that, on a, on a lighter note apparently not one drop of water has got into that chamber in Newgrange in 5000 years and I cannot say that about my house <laughs> 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 I have so many books on it and I, I'm overwhelming it. it's awoken in me something beautiful because the women were um, the women and the men they believed highly in equality at that time and they believed that we complemented each other yeah. And I think that's it's like we unlearned that for a long time and then we're, we're beginning to learn it again in really recent times. Mm. Um, but they, they already knew that then. And even then, I believe they w- would get married and they would live with with each other for a year and at the end of the year, they would say, would you like to continue with this that's marriage? That's
3: right, a year and a day. And yeah. mm-hmm.
4: God, I think how, how amazing is that? How progressive, to see if you yeah. Did. If you get on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think we could learn a lot from them. And I do think men and women work very well together. I do think we complement each other very well. But unfortunately, we have to fight for women a little more um, or a lot more before we can get to that level. Mm
5: -hmm.
3: And there is a lot there. There there is a shift at the moment, I feel. And there has been for quite some time.
4: It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should all be able to live, live together and get on well together and. And um, people should be um, be able to, if they're talented, be employed simply on that basis alone. Nothing to do with their sex or their creed or their colour. It's just be if you're the best person for the job, let's just do that and then pay you in accord- accordance with that, with mm. your talent.
3: To celebrate uh, International Women's Day, you posted a video on your Instagram page of you reciting mm. one of your Incredibly powerful poems. I loved it. Liberty Bell. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. I wonder. Could I be cheeky enough to ask you to recite it here? Oh sure.
4: Here we go. Okay. Yeah. Liberty Bell. So I wrote this. I I wrote this after um. I saw so many people move into uh, move into the liberties into the area, and it's getting a resurgence which is lovely that I think change always comes, it always happens. And I kind of wanted people who are moving into that area to I, I think they have a I think they have a responsibility to find who she is, who the liberties is, who 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 what kind of area they're moving into and where it's come from and how it got there. Mm. because it's not a normal area it's 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 been through such a lot and my my mother was i was born there my mother my grandmother my great grandmother were there for for many generations and my mother was brought up in a tenement house there mm. and it's been through awful struggles the poverty that was there was unbelievable in my um in my granny and my mother's time as well and then as a kid from me in the eighties the was the worst recession and The unemployment was high and uh, drug problems were awful because of that. And it managed to pull itself up up by the straps of its britches or whatever, by its shoelaces and pull itself back up again. And now you see people moving and saying, this is a really nice, cool area. And you go, hang on a second, hang on. It is a really cool area, but. It's been through a lot and I I picked her as this woman because I always heard her called the Liberty Bell and she is very beautiful. So I wrote this poem about the Liberties and the women in the Liberties that I've known. So, Liberty Bell. She's like no one you've met before. A rare little flower, precious stone, unpolished, upturned, gritty and growing up. She's resilient in the shade of adversity. Rebellious in the face of a threat. She's amiable and changeable. You'll like her, till she knocks your block off if you step on her once cobbled toes that they stole, that they sold, like her rights from under her dipped nose. Her sons fought and died, gave their lives, as our daughters heavily bled in back streets from dim-lit, desperate deeds. Drugs blackened her teeth, but her spirit, her mind is blindingly bright and a beautiful sight to behold. Her heart has been broken and bruised, dropped and used up. She's suffered taunts, been ridiculed, been labelled by fools. So when you pick her up, don't patronise her. Talk to her. Look her straight in the eye and see her glory blind you sideways, front ways, every bleeding way. She's a handsome one. But don't drench her in praise that makes her square beyond her pale confined. Let her rise with a pride that can only be earned from the life she has given to all who have lived within her. She's in my blood. She's in my core. She is me and I am her. She's free and she's a fine thing. Not your thing, nor my thing, not a queen or a mall. Between you and me and the wall, that lady taking liberties, she's the belle of the ball.
3: i um I have goosebumps all over me, um you're so gifted melda ah oh, thank uh, you and and I also thank you for putting it into context' cause i've i've heard yeah. I've heard you recite it i I saw it on your Instagram page yesterday, but it was lovely to get a real sense of the why why you decided yes. to write that so um yeah, thank,
4: thank you. you. I was just walking around the place and I saw. You know loads of it's a new influx of people coming in. I'm really mm. enjoying the place, and I'm so happy they are. but the sense of community in the liberties is is really strong because of the struggles mm. you know um it and I think it's nice to know the story of her to know her life story if you like. It's like meeting a really strong person and loving them and not asking them who they are or how they got there, mm. you know, yeah. So I wanted to try and give a sense of that. I hope I did. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Are you missing home? Always. Yeah,
4: <laughs> I'm missing home. I'm missing the people. One day I will move back. Will you? Um, it's it calls to me constantly. Um, I think it happens to a lot of people who move away. I moved away for work. I needed more work. Um, there, a lot of the. The gig venues were shutting down mm. and uh, so I came here. There was loads of work and adventure and it was wonderful. But yeah, I do. I miss home. I miss my family and um, yeah, and neighbors and friends massively, especially because of lockdown. And uh, I will get back. Yeah.
3: Because I know and I'm, I'm kind of in my head, I'm going, will I ask this or not? So if I if mm. I cross a line, please, we'll move away. And, and you know. yeah, but because I know you're um, when you were home at Christmas. Yes. Your own mother wasn't well.
4: That's right. Yeah. How well, man was 94 in February.
3: Amazing. And.
4: Um, she is. Well, I I I, I wouldn't be who I am. And you asked me about feminism and the liberties and all that. My mom is all of those things personified. Mm -hmm. You know, I cannot, I can't admire any more than I do. I really, you know, I was talking to, to my daughter, to Violet. She gave me a great sense of strength, you know, and belief in yourself and, without without trying you know she she just had that in herself she didn't get married until she was older for that time was for that time was very unusual Mm. and she got herself a gorgeous toy boy Mm -hmm. my dad (laughs) and um, what's the
3: age gap between them
4: it's not too much, but uh, it's At not as much time. as the sisters was. <laughs> it <laughs> really? runs in the family or <laughs> 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 the sister and her It seems to be a thing for the women in our family. I love it. Um but six <laughs> years, six or seven years, but yeah. She was um in authorities when she got married and had her family and for that she was born in nineteen twenty seven. So in that time that was big deal and she said it was because she loved her job and she loved her life and in those days when you got married you were expected to give up your job and she said she didn't want to yeah um she was having too much fun she was a a, a, she's a seamstress a dressmaker pattern cutter Mm. um and um they made beautiful lingerie and she loved it and she'd go out dancing all night and she didn't want that to stop. And so she was nearly 50 when she had me. I was the last surprise child.
3: I remember and hearing so, that. Amazing. I mean, also, of, also quite biologically, quite, a, a, quite astounding at 50.
4: Oh, to go was, on
3: and have a baby, nearly 50.
4: Just do her own thing, yeah. Mm. And I'd ask her about things and I remember she, she'd say, I don't remember, I just cracked down. And one of my early memories of of been with her is her putting me in the pram and heading down to the quays for a protest.
3: Really? Wow.
4: Um, she was protesting a, um, some of the buildings being built down there that, that a lot of the locals were. And I remember being in the pram and her chanting with her placard all the way down. And I remember she worked with Ben Briscoe a lot mm. um, who became the Lord Mayor of Dublin. Mm. Um, she used to petition on behalf of all the local people for things that were needed in that area. She fought and won for computers in our area. She also, when um the art college in Dublin arrived into the liberties, she knocked up on the door and she demanded and um put a really good argument forward that local children should get a scholarship. And to this day, there's still a scholarship for local children in the area because of my mum. Wow, what a powerhouse. So, that's the mother that I had. Yeah. At the same time, she'd be rushing home to get the dinner on the table. Yeah, you know, right. she had she. um. But my dad would go out to work and he always handed her all the wages and because he said she knew what she needed most and then she'd hand him back pocket money. And uh, and that's the way they did it all the time. So they they really complemented each other. Well, she always said when they raised the kids, she'd breastfeed them and hand them to my dad and my dad would win them. So they always had a partnership and they had an equal marriage. And that's what I was brought up to think was normal. Mm. And um, my dad was a was a progressive, positive male influence in in my life from a very early age. That's what I had as as. uh, And so when I went out to the to the world, I was quite surprised and a bit shocked with how things were. But that's what I was brought up with. So I have them to thank for. So. Yeah, I'm. I um, my mom got the Liberties Award um, a while ago and my dad's got his award as well for all they do in the community. But they're such a great pair. They're really strong together mm. um, and really supported each other. So like I said, she'd run home to get the dinner on the table because dad would be out working all day. And he was a dancer and a dance teacher. Yeah. And he gave up that because he wasn't earning enough money to feed us as a family. So he became a painter and decorator. So he gave up his dreams. Okay. for us and yeah. she knew that so she would make sure that th- they would make sure both each other were looked after so yes my mom has um she's she's um she's older and she's her dementia is she's fading away but in, in that way but she's she's still there she said um she said at one point I don't I we were asking do you know who I am do you know who we are And she said I don't know who you are but I do know I love you and that's all we need. That's all we needed. And she's loved and she's well cared for. We we all adore her, including my dad. And we adore him. So we're very lucky to have that. As long as she's happy and she is. And she's um, and
5: she she's knows comfortable. She's loved. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. But but dad has always adored her. He still fancies her, you know. Mm, I was just that. brought up with him saying, Jesus, isn't she gorgeous? She mm. hasn't aged a day. Look at her. That's, he's always said that. She's always been saying, Oh, he's he's a good looking man, isn't he? You know? <laughs> they were always um yeah, they were they were very affectionate and sometimes their kisses would last longer than you want <laughs> as a teenager. <laughs> <grown> up, they, <laughs> uh, they always had a good a, a good health snog in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're 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 very lucky. Mm. But that's that makes sense, I think, when you hear that about my mum how how I am you know how I've turned out I think for anybody who knows my mum is not surprised they're not surprised that that it resulted in I suppose strong children yeah that she's had you know and I think she's laughing she, or she used to be laughing with Violet um, Violet's strong willed and but Vi- mum is saying as if you're going to have any other kind <laughs> of daughter
3: <laughs> yeah well as they say you didn't lick it off a stone you know Exactly. Yeah. So Violet, is she like you? So she's, she's, um, strong-willed, knows her own mind, creative.
4: Yes. All of the above. Yeah. Yeah. She's very strong-willed. She's, she's such a little character. Um, and she's a great singer and songwriter and she's very creative. And, um, she's very sassy. And, uh, it was my mom said to me when she was smaller, I kind of didn't know what to do with her because she wouldn't do anything she was told. And okay. um, I tr- I was trying every approach, you know, mm. and being really lovely and sweet and rewarding the good. I tried to come down hard on her and sit her on the naughty step for <laughs> <She was there laughs> all the time. <laughs> and um, my mom said to me, I-, I asked my mom what to do and she said, break her bad habits but never break her spirit. Mm. And I always kept that. I try and um you know tell Vile off when she's been bad but but I I let her go for it with other, with other things, you know. I pick my battles. And th- um, she's,
3: that...
4: you know, I let her I let her sing really loud if she wants to or you know i i love the fact that she thinks i don't know she's staying up at night with a torch reading her book under the covers <laughs> and things like that yeah. cuz i'm actually quietly thrilled she's doing that you know
5: yeah
4: so i i kind of leave that go
3: and that's important isn't it is obviously you know your own your essence was cultivated growing up your parents saw you as you as your own individual person and wanted you to, to explore that. Clearly, you've been blessed with an in incredible voice and talent, musical talent. But you also, I suppose, were given the freedom to explore that. that. And that is such a gift to give anyone.
4: Yeah, I always say I give my daughter roots and wings. And I think once you have those two, it helps you with everything else. Because mm. um, I had that. I felt secure and loved, but also is a madhouse. Um anything goes. It's just that my dad's eccentric and um my mum encouraged him every step of the way. Um she'd she'd give out to him for not doing it quick enough, you know? Yeah. That was her way. He'd want he'd want to make a spiral staircase so he'd rip out the stairs and dig a hole in the ceiling <laughs> and she'd be saying, Well he you said you'd do that last month you know. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, they're really they're, they're something else, and it, yeah. it was a very free, it, a very kind of a mad household. There was not much structure. Awful timekeepers.
3: Really, of both of them.
4: And um, just it was just a mad house. Things worked. We they bring us off on holidays and. I think our family used to be sweating because they, they'd have no plan. They'd have very little money and no plan, but they'd have a tent and a car full of kids and off we'd go. They gave me an inquisitive mind. And I remember they brought me to see the catacombs and I saw these bodies and, you know, I found that amazing. And they brought us to Pompeii and we'd go on all these day trips. And we, we, they'd say, do you want to go on a day trip or would you like to, to go out to eat? And we'd say, day trip. So man would get a big, long roll from a local bakery and uh, get a big bottle of orange or cups of tea in a flask. And off we go, you know, and we, we got to see the world. And I remember we were on a camel in the Sahara desert at one point that we took a day trip from Spain off to Morocco. One of those that you get up at three in the morning, you know, and we were in Morocco and that really gave me such a different view of the world than my friends had from a yeah. very, very early age. I saw the world I saw differences in people and I saw them has been a great thing and my mom and dad always um, accepted people I never heard them say a bad word about anyone and they always um, were quite open minded in, in in their ways and if they weren't they would learn about it and then be open minded you know say I don't really know and then find out about it dad would be in his his um, encyclopedias that he loved trying to find out about places and so mm. I was brought up with I never heard any any derogatory marks or racism or sexism in the house never heard any of that at all so I was very lucky yeah. in that way so yeah it. it gave me a freedom and inquisitive mind
3: and that freedom carried on because I um, saw you speak before about this that you went off to Doolan for a year and you lived in a caravan with your then boyfriend yeah.
4: I did but I didn't tell my parents
3: did you not? What did um, you tell them you were doing?
4: no because they were still they were still religious i think that was the only thing that that kind of um i'd love to know what they were like if they hadn't been religious i think they would have been even wilder because they were they were very religious and um in their day that was quite their social life if you know what i mean they saw they met a lot of people through the church and sure. they go to dances through the church so it was wrapped up in their social life but so I didn't tell them I was running away with a boy. Um I told them I was going with my friends for a weekend and then I we didn't have a phone, so I'd ring the neighbor, Mrs. Walsh, and say, Hey hello, Mrs. Walsh, could you tell me, ma'am I won't be going home? Oh, really?
3: <laughs> so they didn't and so they, uh, they didn't see you for a year?
4: Oh, they came down to find me, yeah. They, oh, did they? they? Okay. Of course they did. They jumped in the car and came down <laughs> after me, but They saw I was grand and I got myself a job. I was quite resilient, you know. I got myself a job in the local local cafe and I got into the... I still didn't tell them I was living with a boy. Yeah. I had to make him run down the road while I (laughs) pretend I was...
1: Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com weightloss.
0: This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.
4: There <laughs> <laughs> on my own and uh, they would have killed me, but they saw that I had it together and um, I loved it there. And I was down in the local pub, learned, that's where I learned to play bell Ron. Yeah. And um, I was and you- in the Red Rose Cafe and... Making everyone their breakfast and I had a great time. It was a great adventure. Mm.
3: Fair play, yeah. Um, and you played the bow on really well. It's not just oh no, an I'm, old tap I'm here good. and there. I'm you no, are good. I'm
4: okay. I'm good. I would like, I've gotten to a point where I'm too comfortable. You know, I know what I know, but I need to know more. That's the way I get. I suppose with life, I when I get to where I'm comfortable and I'm happy knowing it, then I know. Then you realize how little you know. It's like when you're learning a language, you think you're doing well till you it's like you open the floodgates and you realise how little you actually know. So it makes you need need more. So the same with the bow on. I'm good, but I could be better. So I'm going to um, I'm going to work on that. Are you put myself? Yeah, I don't like being in my comfort zone. I think it's creatively. um, I think it's 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 um. I think it's detrimental, I suppose, to creativity, to be comfortable. So mm. I, I, I like to be a little on edge, a little nervous, a little fearful. It's always a good sign that you're actually doing something. Um,
3: you're learning something new. And you were back on TV recently as well. So I suppose you were kind of out of your comfort zone again after so long, you know, not being on TV or not gigging. You were back on the, the Graham Norton show.
4: Oh my God, yes.
3: Which was brilliant.
4: I can't tell you, I was really excited to do that. I was so grateful to, to get it because so, so many of the, the the TV shows, the music section has been cut out. So every musician are going for these few slots, you know, on the TV and there are albums coming out. And So when I heard I got it, I, I was jumping around the place. I was so delighted that, they, the, that Graham and his team said yes. Um, and I was very grateful to be there. And I was very excited until you realize, oh my God, I haven't been out of the house in a year. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And all of a sudden, I don't know, it was like, it was like I felt like I'd gone from a really, it, it felt like I'd gone from a, a quiet, dark library to a rave in within two seconds, you know? I'd gone from lockdown to performing. It was, I was standing on stage. The lights were swirling around. The cameras were flying up and down. The, the, the band were there. And it was just so over sensory overload. I thought, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. I don't know if we can do this. So I had to pull it together. And once I focused and I thought, right, go into the song. Once I wrote the song, mm. I'm happy with the song. I'm proud of it. Go into the song. So I just went away from my head and into my heart. And then it was
3: all fine and that seems to be your process certainly watching you it seems like you're transported somewhere when you perform
4: oh yeah yeah i do i i i feel like i levitate a little above my own body mm. i feel me me feet lift off the ground a bit um i'm very lucky to have that it feels like a little bit of magic you mm-hmm.
5: know
4: mm. um yeah there's a lot of joy in performing that it's a it's a lovely moment of connecting it just feels like it all comes together all the the because ly- when i'm writing it's um i co wrote by the way most of my recent album because mm. I wanted to be able to i'm predominantly a lyricist mm. so well I'll work on lyric lyrics and melody, mm. and I didn't want to be caught up with the arrangements and the music of it, okay. which is wonderful but it's 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 um it's not my strength and sometimes it's nice to to, to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. So, um, I called up a few friends and we wrote together so they'd come up with these beautiful pieces of music and play them to me and then I'd just sit in the corner scribbling away and they'd hand me a mic and I'd sing and wow. that's kind of the way I wrote this album which was wonderful and obviously sometimes you'd work on things together and mm. work out a melody that was better but so when I'm performing, it just feels like I, I, I'm I'm happy with my lyrics. I've worked on them and the music and singing. I love the energy that comes out of me when I get to do that and hearing the band all around me and the energy from the audience. And I find it's such a circle. It's it's a, it's a circular yeah. movement and a flow. And the more i give and the band gives to the audience the more the audience gives back to you the more you give to them and it becomes this really lovely relationship almost Mm. you get to know each other slowly as it goes along and and then you 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 kind of reach this climax you know Mm. it's like making love Mm. and you do that all together in this in in this one room for one for one night it's like a the most gorgeous one night stand with many people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So th- there's, a, there's a, you feel like you've connected, you know, and mm. you, and then you all go home. It's it's gorgeous. So I, I do feel a, a different energy performing, and I also love that it's a time when no one can get hold of me. I can't be on my phone. Nobody can call me or email or text me. And everyone gets. I get to be left alone and do what I want. And you're fully for, present for a short time, which I love. I mm. think we all
3: love those moments. Are you good at being present?
4: Yeah, I try to be. I mean, at the moment it's mad because of the the album's coming out. So you just do everything you can. You know, with my management, I'll say, "Let's go for it." Would you like to do an interview? Yeah, and I'm. I'm. Of course, I'm speaking to you, and I love. I love. It's lovely to talk to people, especially after after lockdown and it's and i'm really still um i do love my job i love what i do i'm always grateful that people are wanting to give me the time to do that as well um
5: mm.
4: so it's it's lovely i find i find lots of joy in, in in that but um i do go for my walks and i'm i'm very observant i look at the i notice everything i look at the clouds and the trees and sometimes it looks like you know you see some uh, those beautiful trees that one of them looks like sometimes they look like hands Mm. fingers that are almost reaching down to you do you ever notice that when you look up at them they look like loads of hands all the way along the road that are just kind of waving at you in the breeze they're so beautiful and so yes I do I do notice these things and I'll talk to Violet about the clouds and we'll look at the shapes of the clouds and all the rest but I have my madness as well you know I I try to be present but I still have me mad, dear, geez, would you look at the state of the house and we'll, let's try and get it done in an hour before we have dinner or do homework. You know, it's, I still have all that as well.
3: One of the most attractive qualities, I think, in anyone of any age is um, somebody that never loses that kind of childlike innocence and their way of looking at the world. And it seems like you have that in abundance. And just from what you said there. I, I sensed that from you anyway before, but when you just said that there, that's, you know, um, feeling grateful or, or recognising the joy in very simple things that some people wouldn't, maybe not, wouldn't register with them. But for you, you're able to delight in those things. I oh, my that,
4: God, I love it. They're, they're the things that make the days beautiful. You know, did you see yeah. the movie Soul?
3: I, I, I absolutely loved it.
4: I loved that movie, and that's that's kind of me all over, you know. That's uh, I, the 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 little character, and I bring home stones and
5: yeah,
4: and I I can tell you stones in my house that are particular days or things that you find. I bring home, I bring like <laughs> stuff like that, and yeah. I I think the day to day is. If anyone hasn't seen Soul, it's just gorgeous. The, it's the gorgeous. The day to day, that is the living, mm. and I do think that is something that we. I, I, I'm i aware that we need to learn that from children. They have that. Yes. And we somehow unlearn and you get caught up in, oh, I have to do this. I have to call the plumber for the fourth bloody time because he's not answering me calls, which is what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> um, Or, you know, you're trying to get all that done or you're, you're trying to organise things. Of course you have to do that. You're an adult. You have to pay the bills. You have to make sure everybody's fed and clean. But there is a time also to to just be. And I do think the best people to learn from that are from the children because they get to do that. Um, you know, when you when you're going for a walk, even some sometimes I remember if you're in a hurry, like quick, 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 let's walk. And then sometimes if you just think, right, let's do the walk that she wants to do. Mm -hmm. And then you stop and you walk in a zigzag. And it's just sometimes the most gorgeous walk. You'll walk to the left and to the right, you'll stop, you'll go back a bit, you'll go forward a bit, you'll look in at the bush, you'll pick a few flowers and think God I had a much that was much nicer. Um and we can learn that from children, for sure. And I do have a definitely a childlike way of looking at things. My my boyfriend writes them down, he finds he, he thinks I'm bonkers, but he you know, like yesterday I was like, Oh my god, you and he was, he was, I was going, hello. And he said, hello. And I said, no, I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to ladybirds. <laughs> oh,
3: <I love>
4: <laughs> so it's a little, uh, I've let all the ladybirds out of the house because they come in every um, a lot of people get rid of them. I'm rambling on now,
3: <clears throat> no, you're not, but
4: ladybirds come in every winter and they hibernate in your house and they leave again. People think they're getting an infestation of ladybirds but they're just coming to stay there for a while and they just sleep in little corners and then they head out and you see them waking up. They're all over the house on a sunny spring day and they're. I open all the windows and I let them all out. So I do that for a week and then they're gone, but I found a little one that was trapped inside I was letting out. They're called a, a loveliness of ladybirds is what they're officially called, a group of them. A
3: loveliness of ladybirds, that's adorable. A
4: loveliness of ladybirds is what they're officially called. <laughs> so I let them into my house every every autumn or as it gets colder and they'll get their little little loveliness of board <laughs> in every corner. And then they head back out again. And then I don't have to spray any plants. They eat all the all the 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 things that ruin me flowers. So I they just they, they sort it all out for me.
3: Yeah. You strike me as somebody who's very earthy, are you into like, you know, using natural products and, you know, Respecting nature, which obviously you do.
4: Oh my God, yes. You have yeah. to, sure. Mm. You know, people say we have to save the planet. Um, well, don't, we don't really, we have to save, we do have to save the planet, but we have to save humanity and we have to save our habitat is what we say. save because if we're gone, the planet will be fine. It'll save itself, it'll read, it keeps, you know, um, we're trying to save our habitat because... We're, we'll wipe ourselves off otherwise, for sure. And I think it's a responsibility to leave a better for the children. But even without that, I I just want to live in harmony. We are a part of nature mm, yeah. and I want to live in harmony with it. Where we, you know, as, as much as I can. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love um, But but when I plant my plants, I just around the garden, just on a on a without I don't tend to them all all the time. I don't have time. So I plant them and me and Viola have a little saying as we plant a new plant. We say, welcome to the family. Good luck. Mm. (laughs) And I kind of leave them and they all seem to thrive, but I don't do much with them. Yeah. I just put them in and they grow and I water them and that's it. And I'm not too fussy with it. I've loads of rosemary and lavender and all that I use, but my bay leaves are cooking and they just keep providing for me. I keep picking the rosemary and it just keeps providing and the lavender flies up the wall and I'm I'm lucky
3: your your home sounds really chilled I think I'd like to hang, hang out in your house
4: it's not a perfect house but um it's it it is it's mostly chilled sometimes yeah. it's very stressful when I have too much to do
5: mm, like mm. I
4: said being a single mom especially with, with homeschooling and all that and trying to do all that and do all the work and paid the bills because all my tours have been cancelled so trying to work out what I'm going to do with that, it's for most people in my industry now, it's like what the, what are mm-hmm. we going to do? So it's just trying to work with that and have meetings online of, like I said, cleaning the house and and uh, making the dinners and cleaning up after get Violet to bed, getting in the bath getting into the bed, you know and you fall into bed every night so it's not always just sitting around chilled but um, I do my best to try and have balance, you know yeah. I don't care if the floor is not mopped. I'll leave it. It's grand. It'll live till next week. I'll do it then instead. Mm. You know? I mean, it's it's, it's picking your battles. It's prioritising. I have a, what would you say, I have a clean house, but I, I don't always, I, I'm not one of those mad fussy people with everything being shiny all the time. It's grand. There's loads of pictures around that Violet did. There's loads of books all over the place. There's, you know, there's paintbrushes and You know, it's
3: nice, and I think it's more important to live well. Yeah. So the album is eleven past the hour, and of Mm. course, "Made to Love" is is the single that you performed on the Graham Norton show. But one of the reasons I actually want to chat to you, and we haven't even got to it yet. So you're an ambassador for Shaft and the Gaige, which is currently running, which will run up till um, St Patrick's Day, and. It runs for over two weeks. Really, it should be called Caí Na But um, as a native speaker myself, I really was so interested in chatting to you. So for those listening who don't know, Caí is about promoting the Irish language in a very open and real way so that people feel that it's something that they can connect with anyone and everyone if you are Irish, whether you were rare with the language or you weren't. It is available and there for everyone. And it's something that you're really passionate about as well. I am
4: massively and especially more as time goes on um, and especially as I was saying I was digging into where I've come from where my culture, you know our history our heritage mm. um, and I can't fully know that without knowing the language and I realised that by not knowing Irish by not being able to speak. I don't know all those old songs. I don't know what anybody's saying. I know they're beautiful. I can hear them, but I don't know what they're saying. I have to get them translated. Yes. And I want to know all of these things without having to get them um, translated. But also. I don't want only because because we've only been speaking English for a relatively short time now, history mm. as a as first language. So what about all before that? What about like, why do I only know a small amount of that? So I think it was that I felt robbed. I felt a grief. I burst into tears when I realized how much I have missed out on. And then it came to my realization that it's not my fault. No, because I always felt less than for not knowing. Why don't I know I should know I should work hard. I should not. And I thought, hang on a second. Most people don't have to actively learn their own language. Yeah, that's been taken from me. That that is not my fault. That I actually have to do that. Absolutely. And when I realised that, that made sense to me because it took away some of the embarrassment. Um, that obviously, you know, if you're French, you're brought up speaking French. If you're Spanish, you're brought up speaking Spanish. You, that, that we have this hanging over our heads that we're Irish, but I, actually, I don't speak Irish. Oh, I, I speak English. And, and then when you're away and people ask you, you know, do you speak Irish? Most of us go, yes, of course, yes, all the time. Because you don't want to say no. No, because it's just such a, a terrible thing to admit. And then, you, you know, I've known loads of people saying, we'll make up things, we'll say prayers even you know because you remember them from school they were drilled into you mm. so they'll talk to each other you know or, or, or anything they can yeah, think of yeah. you know oh good name for them oh good dog they're real you know <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> they're trying to prove yeah, okay, that they, you know, that they can because they want to so much and I think there must be something wrong with the education system if so many children can come out of school after learning it from most of their their school life and not know it um and I think it's much better now. For sure there are there are schools, you know, that that are fully taught Oscar and they and the kids come out knowing it, which is brilliant. Mm. And I think people are making more efforts to speak it at a home. So that's what I'm doing, little and often. So the words that I do know, I'm starting to use them. You know, I'm Go just around now. the house, even to build up my confidence on my own and with my daughter, she's I'm wanting to teach her. And so just little, just even whether I'm saying Slán or a witch or uh, I'm just putting it into my everyday and um, pass me the bonnet, the way I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, I'm but just, that's the
3: thing, slipping the, you know, slipping the words slipping in will help in. and, and the, it'll become a habit then. I mean, I, I, like, I, I hear you. My experience of it is different purely because I, I had the privilege yeah. of growing up with Irish. I was, Rare in the Gaeltacht, and I always say it's simply geography. It was simply the fact that I grew up in Connemara, yes. and Irish was spoken, and that's why I have it today. And I've been banging that drum for years about the education system.
4: I think it was treated as a foreign language. So we were taught French, we were taught German, we were taught Irish. It was taught as a foreign language. Now yeah. that's not what it is.
5: No, no. So I
4: think that's immediately the wrong approach. So it was almost like, do your exams, pass it, and then you get into college. You know, if you can speak Irish, you can't, you can't, it was at the time, you couldn't be a a, a, a teacher or a doctor or whatever, unless you spoke Irish, and it was more to do, taking the learn, it and then you'll be able to do that. It wasn't presented to me with, this is yours, this is your language, this is your heritage, yeah. to know yourself, to know the languages, to know yourself, if I would fair if it was presented in that way this is your language this is from your ancestors this is from your people you know this is all the way through thousands of years hundreds of years thousands of years, this is yours mm. it's not a foreign language so maybe that approach would help just in a mindset to begin with you know and then there's the other thing that like i said the embarrassment of the shame i would not I would die if I had to have a conversation with you in Irish. And I feel like an absolute imbecile if I was to start to talk, which is why I've started to, I thought I'm going to learn it like baby again. And, you know, I took up Duolingo and I, you know, it's a, it's a, I'm not being paid. It's not an app brand. There's loads of apps like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, and, and I realized actually, I know way more than I thought. It's in there, you know, yeah. just give me little words here and there and, in conversation I don't want to I, I've been reading a lot about it and um, I, I have little books around you know um, for beginners and things and just pick up little phrases again that I already know and yeah. it just kind of it, it kind of reminds me that they're in there but the the difference is this is going back to it being a foreign language and I when I go to France I was in France for most parts a couple of years and I remembered my French from school and I was getting much better while I was there and I could hold a conversation in French and do my shopping and all, all that kind of stuff. But I felt okay not knowing that because I could say to people, you know, or oh, forgive me, um, you know, je suis desole i I'm very sorry. Or mm. you'd say to me, I'm trying, I'm learning. And they would be easy with you because you felt it was okay to not be fluent in French and to be learning French because I'm not French. Mm where the pressure that comes with it being Irish is totally different. So the feeling. with I don't, I didn't have that huge embarrassment and shame when I was speaking French. I felt actually good about myself thinking I'm doing all right here, you know, and people go, Oh, well done. And you feel thrilled with yourself. Where with Irish, it comes with more baggage than that. It does. So when I'm speaking, I'm talking to somebody, I think I'm a moron. I don't know this. And this is my language. So, Maybe if we could somehow ask people who are fluent to just be gentle with us, the rest of us that are trying and correct. Just say, "Listen, correct me if I'm saying anything wrong. If I'm saying it wrong, tell me how to." Or, um, and maybe if we can all just try amongst our friends, with you know, when we get together eventually again, with just throwing a few, not not making yourself have a full conversation. I'm going to talk in Irish, and just any words you can remember, just use them. Yeah. You know, but as like you said that, as well, you know, asking for, can I have a cup on tea or, mm. you know, a, you know, what's, what's, um, instead of Budge Ale which we were taught, what's a bottle of wine? <laughs>
3: Fian, Fian is wine.
4: Fian, there you go. Fian, F-I for the
3: O-N, yeah, Fian. Budge Fian, there you fien.
4: go. Now yeah. I've learned that. So I'll be That's using it. that more now with my, my family and friends.
3: Glenamore Fianna. Yeah. What was that? Glenamore Fianna is a big glass of wine.
4: Oh, well, that's
3: that's it. Glenamore no. fien. So fien is the word wine, but a big yeah. glass of wine changes. So yeah. Glenamore fiena. So fien is the word, but feenah, right. like kind of fiena. like a and the feenah, spelled differently but it sounds the same. See, Irish is it's 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 a beautiful language. I absolutely adore it. It's in my it's it's in my bones. But it isn't the most straightforward of languages mm-hmm. to learn either. So we need to give people a break here. It is. It's complicated. It's a, like, and it probably says a lot about us as a people, as a language. It's a rule breaker. There are so many exceptions to the rule, and mm-hmm. you'll you'll find as well, like when you speak to a lot of native speakers. If I had to write an essay in Irish, I would. Mm-hmm. It would be flooded with grammatical mistakes because how you speak the language and how you write it can sometimes be quite different. Um, it can change,
4: yeah, yeah. from
3: areas to and areas dialect like. and all of that, big time. And you spoke about shame there. And I think, you know, we have to recognise that our history with the language is, is is a traumatic one. It's difficult. You know, we've had a difficult time with it. Um, it was, you know, it was. It was knocked out. Of us. It was knocked out of us. And and the residue yeah. was still felt today. Like, we, you know, we we've been talking about this through this conversation and you can't just, you know, wipe out the past. It's ingrained in us. And there is healing that needs to happen, too. Um, but mm. as as a speaker, you know, I know that people can have very strong views on it. But from what I can see and where I'm from, it's very much alive. And it's when people like you embrace it um, mm. to say, I am Irish and you are. And this is my language and I'm mm. entitled to to do with it as I please. You know, and that's what it, you know, that that keeps it alive. That keeps it vibrant. And the more that those of us who do speak it um, relax about it because you have the other extreme where people are quite particular about how it's spoken. But so what if you make a mistake? So what if you say it wrong? You're st- if you're saying it, isn't that a great thing?
4: I think, well, I think definitely grammatically people need to, I, I agree on both. I, I think everybody's right on that one because I think that we need bastions. We need people to hold on to it and say it right. So definitely definitely fight for the right way to say it but amongst yourselves for all the fluent speakers for the rest of us just just give us a little give us a minute now i'm never going to be a fluent speaker the way you are because i was not brought up with it from a a young age and neither are my parents um or my grandparents so it's gone for a long time um so i'm never going to be fluent like you but I do want to be able to hold a bloody good conversation yeah. and, um, and that's where I'm hoping to get to. So I will make mistakes. I'll always make mistakes. But I do want it to be a part of my daily life and yeah. to be able to hold a conversation um, and to be able to feel proud and just chat to somebody. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be able to I don't need to be able to write about politics or history um, in a, you know, for a for a grammatical um exam mm. or anything. I just wanted to be part of my life um and to be able to understand it. And then for when I am trying to decipher songs and poems, I have friends that I can call Liam wainley has been amazing. Oh, yeah. I can call him anytime and,
3: stunning Irish, yeah. Um
4: so I have people I can turn to that can help me. Yeah. But I will I, I'm determined that Irish will be part of my life um in a in a beautiful and quite a normal way. Mm. I just want it to be normal for me and mm. that's uh, and uh, and and flow out of me a little easier That's great, and message. I want to get rid of that shame yeah. and uh, find the joy in it which I'm doing
3: and thank you Th- uh, you know <laughs> I think I speak for a lot of people when I say thank you for lending your your profile your name to uh, to and the Gaeilge they must have been absolutely over the moon when, when you oh said God, yes no,
4: I'm, I'm delighted I think no, great. I'm, I'm noticing a lovely movement yeah. amongst friends and even now, since I've been part of it, a few people have heard me rattle on about it and family and all. We're, they're all signing off slawn you know.
3: It yeah, just, great.
4: People are starting to do it on a very small level and then that grows in, within you, a little bit of confidence. You don't feel like a moron and yeah. then you think, oh, and then you'll say slawn every time and then you start saying a little bit more. So I think mm. just ease yourself into it and we'll get there.
3: What's your favourite Irish word or phrase? Or do you have one?
4: I, um, Neelaine Tintom are Tintom
3: fame. Yeah, yeah, great.
4: That was the one I was taught in school, and I always loved that. Um, but I'll, I, I will find my own. For those
3: listening well, who don't know the Shanuckle, can you explain it?
4: For those that that, that don't understand what
3: the Shanuckle, so you just you just quoted a Shanuckle. It's a lovely one, isn't it? It's about there's no place basically like home.
4: There's no fireside like your own fireside. There's no fireplace like your own. There's no yeah. place like home. No place like and home. And that's Judy Garland, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why I love that. It was tied in with that. There's no place like home.
5: Yeah.
4: And um and that suits perfectly, my um, my sentiments with Irish. Yeah. You know, it, mm. it all ties in quite well.
3: Okay. One last question, because I know I've kept you a long time, and thank oh, you for being fun. so generous with your time. But if you were to describe what your dream day would look like, what would that be?
4: My dream day? Yeah. Oh, God, I have loads of those.
0: Hmm.
4: My dream day is, um, do you know, I had one of my dream days uh, a couple of years ago. It was my birthday and it was... um, I just to be with friends and family to be honest with you, just to be with each other that's that's my my dream day to to wake up, have a lazy morning, mm. make pancakes or whatever it is, and take time doing it and laugh while you're doing it i love i'm a feeder mm. I love having a a gang of people around my house and feeding everybody that's I love the house being full of people and full of laughter and um kids and dogs and all. I love that. Going for a big, long walk. Going out to the sea, if I can. When I remember going on my birthday, I went to Hoth. And um, one of my favorite things is a bag of chips and a bottle of bubbly. I think they go so well together. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, sitting, we were sitting on Hoth, uh, the pier along Hoth, just with the sun on our face, the heat and the sound of the waves. And just all sharing bags of chips and a little a little glass of bubbly and listening mm. to the seagulls and going for an L ramble. And then having a good old session in the evening, singing all the songs, getting the on out and uh, and singing till two o'clock in the morning with way too much Guinness in us or mm. um black velvets if we're on that roll. And that is my dream day with with my daughter and me. My uh, my friends are found. I love when the kids' faces light up when you have those lovely nights when they give them their their bottle of orange and a pack of crisps hmm. and we all in together. We're all in till uh, whatever time we stop. They're my favorite, night, days and nights. It's just been together.
3: I say I speak for everyone. I say, you know, listening to you there. it's i can I can visualize your day so perfectly, and it sounds like the dream day for for a lot of us right now especially because we have been starved of it for so long that connection and that sense of community and crack and sing songs and you know just being together so
4: yeah you don't really need much more a lot of people have been saying to me where do you want to go when this is over what holiday do you want to take and I really could not be bothered Mm. I just want to see friends and family and I do take that from children as well from from Violet I remember, I'll, I'll let you go, but I remember meeting a, I'll tell you a quick story of a taxi driver that was, he was nearly in tears one day that he hadn't got the money to bring his daughter off. He was talking, he wanted to bring her to this flashy hotel and they had this swimming pool. And I was going, she just wants to be with you. She doesn't care where you bring her. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I never, I was trying to pull out all the stops and do this big holiday. And I said, she just wants the time with you. She'd pick shells with you along the beach. And that would be a brilliant day for her. And he was just, he was giving me hugs at the end of it. So just give her your time. And she'd be grand. Go to the beach. Don't go to your big fancy hotel. And just get yourself an hell B&B somewhere. And go for a walk and just listen to her. Mm. And hear her and pick the shells with her. And yeah. I think that's all you need, isn't it? it a bit is. of time and people that you love.
3: You're absolutely gorgeous in every way, Imelda. Thank you so much for this. Gurmila Mila Mahad to Mafir in Quora Shop all day. Yeah. Really lovely to speak with you too. Mm. I
4: think Thanks very much. Have a lovely
3: day. Slom. Slom. Gurmila Mahad, thank you. I'm so grateful to Amelda for making time to chat to me this week and her latest album, Eleven Past the Hour, will be available to buy from the sixteenth of April. This episode of Ready to Be Real Conversations was brought to you in partnership with HCC.ie and supported by Irish Life Health. HCC.ie's experts can help you find a health insurance plan that suits your needs and your budget.
1: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall.